0: Welcome to Parashat Ivayi which means, And He Drew Closer. And as we all know, we are approaching the end of the story of Breshet. Book of Breshet. The Pasha this week is one of the most dramatic stories in the entire Torah. The theme is, first of all, the two great sins that were committed in, Bre- in the Book of Breshet. The first one was the sin in the Garden of Eden, which is a sin between man and God. And the second one was the sin of the sale of of Joseph and the fooling of his father. And actually of those two, Zohar believes that the second one was even worse because we live with that every day. That was the beginning of sinat Chinam. And that continues to this day. It caused the destruction of the first temple, the second temple. And as we look around us, of course, we see that to this day, unfortunately, most unfortunately. And so um, what we see over here is after a long, long series of brotherly, catastrophic relationships with Cain and Abel, Yishmael and Yitzchak, Esau and Yaakov, Yosef and the other siblings, and so on. The whole story of Breshit is really a story of dysfunctional families. We finally arrive at the love affair between Joseph and Benjamin who hug each other and the reconciliation of the family. And the story is drawing to a, a conclusion which is, which is really quite beautiful in many ways as there is a complete tikkun for the sins and examples of the prior families. And we see over here the examples of not only a request for forgiveness when uh, Joseph is asked uh, by Yehuda to be forgiven, but the forgiveness itself is given. And we know that tshuva shlema, complete repentance, is evidenced by being in the same place and doing something different the second time. And so we see over here. A perfect example of that, of proper repentance. Uh, we see uh, brothers who were in the same position and did things differently. And so that's the, the, a big, big lesson from this week's Parsha. But um, so we now have, uh, we, we see now that what we watched throughout these 22 years was a giant puppet show. And from the front, we saw a whole series of events. But now we see the strings, that in fact, this was entirely one long story starting off with the dreams of Yosef, and now the fulfillment of those dreams, the actualization of those dreams. Everything we've been doing uh, and studying and experiencing over the last three weeks comes to a head in this week's parasha when uh, Yosef finally reveals himself. And the brilliance of the structure is amazing as to how he constructs carefully a reproduction of his original expulsion from the family and the sale to uh, Egyptians where he ends up in prison. If you look at that story and you mirror it with how things end up, um, he basically makes a plan to make to get Benjamin down there. Benjamin is the second favorite child of Yaakov because he and Yosef were the only children of his favorite wife, Rachel. And so he creates a situation where Benjamin is brought down uh, under a personal guarantee by Yehuda to the father Yaakov that he will bring him back. And uh, now uh, Yosef is looking at his 11 brothers. Everyone is there. And, um, this is, uh, deeply symbolic because his original dream was of 11 stars and the sun and the moon bowing towards him. And here he has his 11 brothers basically bowing towards him under the auspices of the sun and the, uh, and the moon. They leave with their sacks full. Unbeknownst to them, Benjamin has had planted in his sack the silver goblet of Yosef was hidden in the sack of Binyamin. And uh, so they all leave, the 11 brothers, with their sacks filled with grain. Shortly after the brothers leave, Yosef um, sends uh, guards to follow them, to pursue them and to block them. And they conduct a search because they accuse them this time not of being spies as they'd previously, but actually of being thieves. And they do find in the sack of Binyamin, they finally get to it. They finally find out the missing silver goblet is there, and now they all get brought back uh, as criminals. And uh, at that point, Yehuda begins a masterful speech in which he beseeches Yosef to let them go, or at least let Binyamin go, because that was the one that he had personally guaranteed to his father. The speech is worth reading. It's a masterpiece of pleading, and the highlight of the speech comes when Yehuda says, if you need to take me and let Benjamin go, but don't leave him in prison. And so we now see the perfect mirroring of the original story. The, fa- the favorite child now is Benjamin. Uh Yosef wants to put him in prison, which is really where he had ended up at the end of his journey, because when he got down to Egypt, he was thrown into prison as a result of the Potiphar wife incident. So you see a mirroring of that. And this time, what Yehuda says to him is not anything like what he said previously. He has now done full teshuva and says let him go and if necessary i will be in his place at that moment his teshuva is complete and at that point yosef reveals himself and he says ani yosef very powerful when yeah when yosef identifies himself he he responds with these two incredible words ani yosef i am joseph in other words i am the same person that you knew 22 years ago when you threw me in the pit and sold me to slavery, and took my jacket. I have unch- I have not changed one iota. Despite the fact that I have this position of power and authority, I'm the same person as I was, despite the power, and the wealth, and the control. And that is a very, uh, very profound lesson for all of us. And his first question, Oda Vinukai, which most people translate as, uh, is our father still alive? But it also has, I think, a much more powerful meaning, which is, Our father is now alive. In other words, knowing that all of his children are safe and that the family is going to be united, he will continue to live. When uh, Paro finally meets Yaakov, he says to him, uh, tell me the days of the years that you have been living. In other words, instead of asking him for his age, he asks him for the days of the years. And uh, the rabbis teach us that that is such a profound insight into how views jews view the passage of time Uh, we don't count time in years we count time in days and in hours in fact it's impossible to be a jew without both without both a watch and a calendar Uh, we count time because we make time count and every day needs to be special um it's obvious that the genetic blueprint of the jewish people is now being formed and we're coming to the end of it and we're seeing Here baked into our genealogy, baked into our spiritual DNA, is the idea of the capacity to seek forgiveness and to arrive at a place uh, where you have been fully forgiven. They are core elements of this week's parsha. Looking at the main two characters in this week's parsha, we see that Yosef represents the tzaddik, somebody who has great misfortune, a great amount of, of 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 turbulence in his life, going up and down and then up and down. Uh, currently is up, um, and he is the tzaddik. We know that from how Yosef dealt with Potiphar's wife, and he is known as Yosef HaTzaddik. Contrasted with that, we have Yehuda, the baal teshuva, and so the story of this week's parsha and the story of Yosef that we've been reading for the last three weeks is this, is the contrast of a tzaddik and a baal teshuva, and putting that lens on the story becomes actually magnificently clear. The most impressive thing about the story from the standpoint of Yosef is what a tzaddik he really is. He assuages and calms down the brothers about their guilt and says, don't feel bad. This was all the hand of Hashem. And that revelation the Hasidim tell us is the closest we can come to the Mashiach times. Because what Yosef says is, if you look at the whole story, you will see that everything was done so that I could be down here to save the people of Israel, unite the children of Israel, and make sure that they had food. We see now that what we watched throughout these 22 years was a giant puppet show. And from the front, we saw a whole series of events. But now we see the strings, that in fact, this was entirely one long story, starting off with the dreams of Yosef, and now the fulfillment of those dreams, the actualization of those dreams, And he puts them, by the way, into a, he invites all, they all come down to Egypt and they all live in Goshen, which is a suburb uh, nearby where they can live full and complete Jewish lives. But the idea that Yosef is able to step out of all of the pain, the incredible uh, catastrophe of being sold into slavery, the time spent in prison, all of the pain that was inflicted upon him by these brothers, and he has not an ounce of anger, animus, or any need, to extract revenge. He's filled with understanding that this was the plan of Hashem. And that ability to see the hand of God in retrospect was something that he brings to us, and I think is an incredible uh, testament to his level of being at tzaddik, that he was able to view everything through the hands of the, the, the godly uh, elements that took place. And so we see no revenge, no anger, just brotherly love, rekindled and the story ends and will continue next week to full fruition with the family living in peace and unity as we begin the story of b'nai israel the nation of israel uh, going into exodus uh, as the next phase after they're all in egypt uh, and the story will continue i could go on there's lots to say but i think i've covered the key points that i had in mind for this week So with that, I'll wish you all a good Shabbos, uh, an inspiring Shabbos, as you contemplate the majestic story unfolded before you in this week's parasha. Take care and God bless.